The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be putting the student protesters on the couch. Are they entitled, narcissistic, sociopathic, crybabies, or all of the above? Will you decide after you hear today's show? Um, I'll say that um, the reaction to the results of the election by students from high schools to college to grad school protests coloring books, crying rooms, begging for time off from classes and and exam cancellations and so on, to which some of the schools and the teachers are giving in, um, is just appalling. You know, it makes me think if they put this much effort into maybe trying to eradicate poverty, if they were that angry about realizing that children are going to bed hungry in this country and they did something positive about that, that would be great. But um, needing crying rooms and coloring books because of alleged emotional distress because the candidate that they wanted to win didn't is just not acceptable. It's, it's quite shocking to me, actually. Um, you know, we've seen so little so far in terms of protests, I mean, about other things, about important things, um, that this reaction after the election has just been just shocking um, and, and really brings out the whole question of who are these people in this generation? Um, what, what is important to them? What is happening to them? We're going to be talking today with my guest, Doug Giles. He is the author of a new book called Pussification. Yes, you heard that right. Pussification, the effeminization of the American male. And he's also the founder and editor of ClashDaily.com. And he has been pointing out some of these um, tendencies in this generation even before the election results were in. And we certainly are seeing, um, seeing this in action. So why don't I welcome you to the show right now. <laughs> Doug, welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch. Dr. Carol, did I call it or what? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I think, you know, obviously your book and your comments and, um, you know, have made a lot of people angry. But, um, <laughs> but yes, you, you know, I think these protests and these crying rooms and everything, this regression to coloring books um, is proving your point. Yeah, good God. You know, as much as... Um, 
as much as I have fun at the expense of generation pussification, you know what I'd like to do, uh, Dr. Carroll? I would like to uh, find their parents and their step-parents and uh, take a sledgehammer and smack them right upside the head because that they had to be part and parcel of the upbringing of these skinny jean millennial crybabies because uh, they didn't get there pretty much on their own. Or maybe they were left alone and had the public school system or possibly Hollywood and um, some sassy branches of evangelicalism and or Catholicism raised them and turned them into these mealy-mouthed little squealers who, when they don't get their squeaky toy, you know, they decide to burn the American flag, stage a, a campus protest, and, uh, like you said, revert to coloring books, Play-Doh, and therapy dogs. It's a bad, bad day. And if Trump's going to, um, Dr. Carroll, if Trump's going to make America great again, which I hope he does, Oh, my God, do we have a tough road to hoe in making these boys, these tinker pots, these snowflakes men. <laughs> yes, can you say anything else controversial before we... Well, let's, before we get into that, I mean, let's talk about what do you think... You know, first of all, I was a little shocked. Let's talk about the election, and then we'll go to the general phenomenon of pussification. I, I, I was caught by surprise. Now, um, as my listeners know... Uh, and people on social media and everybody else that I have uh, on television and radio and so on, everybody else that I have um, pissed off by <laughs> my support of Trump. Um, and I'm, of course, thrilled that he won, and uh, attributing it all to what I did. Uh, <laughs> um, but so, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I, I see that, that there are a lot of adults that, that were angry and so on, didn't want him to win, didn't expect him to win. Part of the problem is that the media kept telling everybody that Hillary was going to win, and so there's this shock that because they didn't get the polls right, because people gave the socially acceptable answers and not uh, didn't really say who they were really going to vote for, Trump. But um, well, I, I was really shocked that all of a sudden, you know, I could see protesting adults, and particularly adults with certain demographics and so on, protesting, but... This, even though I did all of that beforehand, this caught me by surprise. I mean, I guess it didn't, I guess not you, but um, what do you think of all this? Well, uh, first thing that comes to my mind, and, uh, and, and you addressed it in this, uh, in this question, was um, these experts completely uh, unadulterated lie to, the, to us, and um, they should no longer be experts, in, in my opinion. If I was a quote-unquote democratic strategist or a, or a Karl Rove-like Republican strategist, and, uh, and, I, and I missed this obvious Trump train coming, man, I would, I would repent uh, to the American uh, people. I would, I, would, I would resign my job at Fox News or CNN because... I missed a, a 400-pound elephant in the room. Everybody and their dog knew Trump was going to win. Uh, we were on it from pretty much day one, the time he announced. And you know how uh, I knew, uh, Dr. No, Carroll? How? I, I talked to people. That's how. These people don't talk to anybody outside of uh, D.C., New York, or L.A. And the, the folks in the flyover states here in Texas, they were overwhelmingly for Trump. He might not have been their cup of tea in the primaries, but once he dusted all the competition in the primaries, 
the Trump train was in full speed ahead. Nobody likes Hillary. She's a mean old, nasty, crotchety, lardy hagfish that's, that's corrupt to the core, who's not a part of the evil system. She is the evil system. And, uh, you know, these, these millennial crybabies that are saying they're so sad that Hillary didn't win, she deserved it because she has female genitalia. All I got to say is, look, you, you stood by and you stood behind uh, one of the most corrupt politicians known to mankind that was under FBI investigation. The Clinton Foundation is still under FBI investigation. And it's hard to drum up a lot of uh, uh, hoopla and cheerlead for that kind of corruptocrat. Yes, but have you seen a picture of her since, a recent picture of her? She looks rough, girl. She looks rough. <laughs> yes, I kind of feel sorry for her. I mean, no, you know, I don't. I mean, if that's, that's what happens when you channel demons and you lie to people and you, and you do influence peddling and pay for play. It starts to wear on your face. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. But, you know, she did look. I, I, I think I want to find out who her makeup and hair people were because she looked incredibly glamorous during the debates and even on the campaign trail most of the time. But the debates, she was gorgeous, you know, and it's such a difference. I mean, okay, maybe gorgeous is overstating it a little bit, but, you know, she looked super more attractive than we've ever seen her. And now... Oh, yeah, they had, they had all kinds of fiberglass and Bondo and spackling uh, on her and probably the Ford Motor Company and some of their top uh, auto body painters, you know, came in with a, the, <laughs> uh, the, the HD makeup. So, you know, trying to hide, again, all the wear and tear of, of 70 years of doing some of the most demonic things to people uh, and to the great state of, of America. I mean, again, like I said, you can't live that kind of healthy, spiritually uh, disastrous type lifestyle and then not show on your body. Well, yes, I know what you're saying. But, you know, I did a lot of talking about um, her, her medical problems. Uh, of course, that was, you know, very few people were talking about that because they were trying to hide it. And I must admit, I didn't think she was going to last to Election Day, and she did, Will you know, giving a lot of, that she deserves a lot of credit for that, especially the last weeks when the campaigning was a lot more strenuous than she anticipated that it would be. But, so I think what we're seeing now is, is um, you know, I, I, I'm, I am, I, you know, I feel bad for her that probably these, uh, illnesses that she has been hiding, all the stress now is, I mean, it take, it's taking its toll, or it's, what you're saying, too, is taking its toll on the outside. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we'll be hearing soon about some physical problems that, um, manifestations of the physical problems that she has, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I might, I might turn a little softer towards her as uh, the days and times wear on, but the Clintons have been uh, nothing but a, a font of high crimes and misdemeanors, you know, yeah. from from Bill's days and Hillary's days uh, in the mansion there in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, all through uh, Bill's two terms and, and then her disastrous uh, leaving of our four noble uh, ambassadors and the soldiers there in Benghazi. And like mm-hmm. I said, to influence peddling where she takes hundreds of millions of dollars uh, from Muslim nations that have no problem whatsoever cutting the head off a, a homosexual uh, or uh, beating women because yeah. they happen to not like them. So I don't, I don't give a, a flying crap about Hillary 
Clinton at this stage of the game. But I love being on your show, Dr. Carroll. <laughs> well, um, you know, I am glad that um, uh, Trump uh, decided not to, you know, I think he softened to her, too, now that he won. Um, and he's not going to yeah, pursue we anything. You know, I think, I think um, and I could be Are wrong. Are you thinking that he, that's pussification? <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, Trump definitely has not been pussified. And, um, and I don't think, uh, going back to uh, the, the other uh, guys and, and Juan Carly in the primaries, I don't think anybody could have stood... Uh, toe-to-toe with Hillary like Trump did. I think they would yeah. all uh, lost their will to win because yes. that Clinton machine is a beast. Yes, uh, yes. But so as, far as, as far as Trump with Hillary, uh, and if, if, if he's going to actually uh, prosecute her, uh, if he is, I don't think he's going to let us know it before he takes office. So mm. I've noticed mm. with Trump there's a great coy yeah, switch, bait and switch type stuff. Yeah, it might be a different story come January twenty first. Yes, you know. Yes, yes, that's true. Well, okay. Well, let's. So, so okay. So, getting back to my original question. So, why do you think that this generation, um, the students, are all uh, have their panties tied in a knot <laughs> because Hillary Hillary lost? I mean, why do you think they care? They didn't seem to care about things going on in the world. Why do you think this really got them to um, protest to this degree? Yeah, uh, as, as you well know, um, after my comments about Hillary, I don't, I don't see how in the world any young person could be that giddy about her getting into office. I do understand uh, them being ticked off at the way, thanks to WikiLeaks and, and its uh, uh, email dumps, uh, that Bernie Sanders was screwed over by Debbie Washington yes. Schultz, the head of the yes. DNC, and how they uh, put money and, and put people against uh, Bernie and tried to besmirch him being Jewish and uh, several other things just to keep him uh, out of Hillary's quote-unquote deserved seat. I get that rage, and if I was them, you know, I would I would be ready to protest that as well because... That is systemic corruption, uh, even though I'm not a, a socialist and definitely not a Bernie supporter. Uh, you know, I understand young people and students uh, being behind that kind of crap. But um, <laughs> how are they upset that Hillary didn't get in the White House is, is beyond me as a 54-year-old man. But, um, you know, to me, some of the, the, one of the richest, ironic parts of, of their faux rage because I don't really believe that they're that outraged by it. I think they're just looking for a reason to get pissed off and break stuff. Yes. Uh, is the vast majority of them, Dr. Carroll, they didn't even vote. Yes, they didn't even yes. vote the election. Yeah. Well, do you mean ones who are old enough to vote, or what do you mean? I mean, obviously they couldn't have voted if they were too young. Yeah, but I mean, uh, but most of the protests that are going down on college campuses, uh, I guess there might be a couple of, yes. uh, you know, mid to uh, 17-year-old yes. types, but they should have been able to. They yes, didn't, yes. Uh, and certainly, in grad, certainly in grad school, yes, absolutely. It, they should, uh, somebody should tell them, like, hey, you know, if you don't like who gets in the White House, then gosh, you could vote and try to make certain that they don't. You know, yes, but yes. instead, uh, you know, that's not as fun as skipping school and uh, lighting things on fire and uh, shouting and screaming. And uh, what I particularly enjoy is that where uh, the majority of these riots went down, they were all liberal cities. So these liberal kids decided they're going to pay Trump back 
by going out and burning their liberal city that vote overwhelmingly for Hillary. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> well, it's this delicious. is how I see it primarily. I, I think that, and maybe this goes into, I don't know if you talk about this in terms of pussification, but, because this, but what I'm going to say isn't just uh, men. You know, it's, I think girls and boys growing up today, uh, many with um, par- helicopter parents, you know, in, in school, starting even in grade school, uh, everybody is supposed to be a winner. Like parents try to make sure that everybody wins. If you, if you play a sport and your team doesn't win, you get uh, ribbons or medals for participating. Or if you don't get into the school play, you don't get the lead in the school play, then they give you, you get to be a tree or you get to be in the chorus. Like there's this whole thing where, um, where, it's, where competition is being softened. Like people, um, people get consolation prizes if they if they don't get the the main prize, the blue ribbon. And so I think that this has caused a lot of students to feel entitled. I mean, starting in grade school, and then of course high school and college and grad school and all that. And um, they feel entitled to win all the time. So it was kind of like a shock, like the first time in their life that they didn't get what they wanted. John, I think you're spot on. And uh, again, shame on parents for growing them up in such a, a an unreal world. Uh, because you and I both know that um, once you come out of uh, the university, then this brutal thing called life begins to steamroll you and grind on you. And uh, even though I'm not uh, a Darwinist, it's survival of the uh, fittest in the in the mean streets of the United States of America. Yes. And uh, these kids have been uh, coddled. They've been pampered. They've been wet nursed, you know, straight into uh, their early 30s. And uh, like you said, when things go sideways on them, then the next thing you know, there's this, you know, 4,000, 5,000 man march hissy fit about them complaining about uh, our electoral process, which is makes us a unique experiment in self-governance. Yes, yes. Um, and, and, you know, it, there is what you were saying about the false rage. I mean, there is some degree of that. Like, you can... See, uh, and a part of this also is because of the media uh, having sensationalized. I mean, where they're getting all these things about feeling, feeling in fear for their lives. I mean, yes, okay, Trump talked about building a wall, and he did talk about, um, you know, sending out, sending back to the countries um, illegal aliens and all that. But the students have just have just exaggerated all of this to where. Um, they, you know, they're, they're thinking as though their lives are at stake. And, and even if, it's, if they're not a minority or if they're not Hispanic, then, you know, they're there um, showing that they're in support of people who, who they claim, you know, and who the media, um, the, media sensationalized, the media sensationalized what Trump said about all these things and distorted what he said. And so now um, the students are, are taking that and... Uh, and showing solidarity with their minority uh, students, um, classmates. Well, we, I just heard, as yep. I was talking, I just heard the um, music, so we do need to take a break. But when we come back, you can um, respond to that. We're talking today about um, 
the election results and the protesters looking into their minds, entitled, narcissistic, sociopathic, cryberry, crybabies. Yeah, cryberries. Um, my guest is Doug Giles. He's the founder and editor of ClashDaily.com, and he's the author of Pussification, the Effeminization of the American Male. So we will be right back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about student protesters. Are they entitled, narcissistic, sociopathic, crybabies, or all of the above? My guest is Doug Giles. He's the founder and editor of ClashDaily.com and author of the wild new book, and it is Pussification, the Effeminization of the American Male. So before the break, I was talking about um, the protesters and how um, the media had exaggerated what and distorted what Trump said about uh, minorities, and um, the protesters are kind of g- going with that, using that to uh, have their faux rage, as you describe it. Yeah, and um, uh, you know we're we're a nation of law and order. Uh, we've got to have borders, or we're not a nation. And um, all of these uh, white students at Rutgers and Syracuse and <laughs> even the University of Texas where they blew up at, uh, during their therapy wall session the other day, if they really uh, cared about the plight of the Mexicans coming over the border, um, why, don't they, why don't they go down to uh, Laredo and uh, see what's happening where these kids are being trafficked uh, by sex traders down to our southern border, and uh, they're rocking up at uh, many Catholic orphanages and other places, completely abused, tattered, torn, uh, used, uh, just disastrous type stuff, Dr. Carroll. And, um, you know, feed them, play soccer with them, try to help them, uh, you know, see through the mud storm that they just came through. 
but that's uh, you know that's that's not trendy. Um, it's uh, it requires more than hashtag campaigns on social media, mm. Facebook, mm. Twitter, and that's what all these clods are about. I spent ten years down in Mexico uh, doing all kinds of mission work in my early thirties and stuff, and I've been to Africa. Uh, nearly 25 times now working with uh, all kinds of humongous ministries trying to deal with uh, their internal conflicts and things. So I don't have much time to sit and hear again these, you know, these uh, these fourth generation flower children talk about how bad crap is when they're getting a $3,900 a month stipend from mommy and daddy as they go to some of the prestigious universities. They don't they don't they can't function in the real world. They haven't really touched real pain and reality. And uh like you said, uh these are these are narcissistic, histrionic personality disordered little twits and they've glammed on to something that they think makes them part of a continuation of the sixties rebellion when I think it's much ado about nothing. I think they understand that their their ride of free candy and entitlements is gone. I think they understand that Obamacare and all the crap that he promised us uh, is out the window. And mm. I think they understand that Trump is going to lay this thing on them called responsibility, and they're going to have to rise to the occasion in this world. And they should be glad about that because, Dr. Carroll, I think he's going to cause our economy to boom. Yeah. I mean, look at the value of the dollar and look at the stock market since he's uh, just been elected. That wouldn't yeah. happen if Hillary was in office, even though they loved predictable markets. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with that. Um, you know uh, what's what's you know what's even more uh, annoying to me than than the protesters, um, the the school teachers and administration, and actually just yesterday um, the mayor of of Los Angeles and other officials. Um, met with students, but but teachers and administ- school administrators are giving in to these adman- demands. Not all of them, you know. I've read that some of the schools are <laughs> holding back on the coloring books, but um, but you know they they're uh, like teachers are letting well, the kids not cancel, not come for their finals or their their I guess it wouldn't be finals in this month, but you know tests and their and their. Um, not letting them not right. they're, they're skipping they're skipping midterms they're they're staging walkouts and uh i uh, again this is going to date me big time but um back in my day uh dr carroll uh we had this thing called a paddle and if we got out of line uh either the the teacher or um one of the pe coach or one of the administrators would smack our ass and well, now, you, you're not no saying, though, you, but you're not saying that you would that you would. Do you still agree with that? Do you think that that should still happen? Well, let me put it to you this way: uh, it'll never happen again in our our little right. uh, touchy feely world. But it's interesting <laughs> that uh, that once um once the, once the decline of spanking uh, occurred, there came this rise of disrespectful little jackasses, and uh, I kind of think it might be somewhat related. My wife was a teacher for 17 years in, mm. uh, in, in South Florida, and um, she, it took her about her entire class, Dr. Carroll, just to get the kids to settle down yes. so that they could even broach a topic. It's bedlam. I think, I think it's... Yes. Um, and, it got so bad that she just said, I'm out of here. There's nothing I can do to these kids. We didn't need the money. We're just, uh, 
uh, she's doing it more kind of a, a missional type uh, uh, occupation and stuff, trying to help uh, these kids out and stuff. But she bailed. It's it's bedlam in these classrooms. And so these teachers and these mayors and these professors, of course, they're going to roll over in their fetal position and, and wet their big academic diaper because they can't control these kids anymore. It's crack night in the ferret hut. Uh, and... Um, and and they're going to lose. There's too many of them and too few of uh, the authority figures. Well, <laughs> and you know, well, also in in Los Angeles, um, you know, when there were there were some walkouts, and and uh, uh, I mean, there's more. There's well, in in Texas also, of course, where there's a great Hispanic population. I mean, the the mayor yesterday was just about, and he was saying, and I, I don't understand how. Uh, he was saying that they're they're not going to that the students were safe that nothing is going to happen to them no one's going to be sent back anywhere sent anywhere um, that Trump can't do anything to any of these students this is still a sanctuary city it's going to stay a sanctuary city I mean and I, there there are some other I think the San Francisco um, there are some other cities where I heard mayors saying the same thing we're not going to stop being a sanctuary city really I mean isn't it true that the president it's above the uh, governors and the mayors. I mean, can't he make the uh, can't he make cities that are sanctuary cities not be sanctuary cities? I mean, certainly one way by withholding federal funds. And um, I mean, I don't understand what they're talking about. Yeah, and they're they're doing it in direct violation of our laws. And yeah. um, one of again, one of the great ways to do it is just cut off the money. And when the money is gone, then uh, you look at places uh, in particular in California and the billions of dollars of debt that they're in, they're going to be looking sideways at these sanctuary cities when it becomes this utter drain uh, on their, on their uh, city's budget. And I think it's so funny that, uh, uh, that I, I, just got through, I just got through doing a speaking engagement in uh, Yuma, Arizona, hundreds of men doing this men's conference. Uh, Yuma's right on the border, Dr. Carroll, as you well know. I'm talking, I mean, it's sitting right on the border. I don't know where any of these guys stand politically, but uh, I was doing my pussification, the feminization of the American Male Conference. Some of it touched on some political stuff, and I jackhammered Hillary in, like, uh, like nobody's business and the lunatic left. And you know what? I would say, I don't know, 95% of the Hispanic guys, we're talking all voting age, uh, uh, accomplished young men, they came up to me and they said, man, we're for Trump. Absolutely, positively for Trump. Uh-huh. And uh, again, this is right on the Mexico border. And I think the stats came in that uh, a third of the Hispanic uh, vote came in for Trump, both male and female. And uh, he gathered way more votes from the Hispanics than uh, Mitt Romney did. Yes, yes. So I think, uh, I think again, a lot of this, the quote-unquote rage that we're uh, hearing about and seeing on campus that these millennial uh, tinker pots are, are doing uh, isn't really stemming from the Mexican-Americans who love America. They came here because their country's in a, an abysmal disaster. They're proud of their parents' heritage of being Mexican, but they left there for a reason. Uh, America might suck, but it sucks way less than Mexico does, mm-hmm. and they know it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, plus, people who are, went through all the trouble to become legal, um, I don't think that they're very happy with the idea. I mean, of course, except if, 
it's relative. I've got you know. I've, we've got a buddy who uh, is a doctor in in Miami. Uh, she's from Romania. Beautiful uh, woman. Beautiful family. Uh, been working here in the United States for 18 years. It took her 18 years to get her green card. Mm. 18. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're supposed to be teary-eyed uh, because a guy who's been deported five times for yeah. felonies, uh, he's disallowed from coming back in and, and having his dream of living in America squashed by mean old Donald Trump. I'm telling you what, it's crap. It's uh, bass backwards. And uh, I don't mind people coming into the United States. I would want to be in the United States if I lived anywhere in the world. Uh, but you know what? I'd come in legally. Mhm, mhm. I know. And I would salute our flag, and I'd leave my stupid flag uh, back at home, and I'd learn the language, and I'd learn the history, and I'd become a scholar in the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights, and I'd defend it because it provided for me this ability to live in the freest nation on the planet. Yes. So well, I got I got zero tolerance for anybody who says anything other than that. If you want to come here and you're from Mars, as long as you, again, uh, you salute our flag and that for which it stands, then come on, Martian, I'll be your buddy. Right, right. Well, let's talk about um, pussification. I mean, let's talk about your book and where, you, where this whole idea came from to write the book and, and what's been happening along the way. Tell, tell, just tell us, start with what you mean by pussification. Yeah, pussification, it's the act or process of a man being shamed, taught, led, pastored, drugged, or otherwise coerced or cajoled into throwing out his brain and handing over his testicles and formally abandoning the rarefied air, the testosterone leader fog that God and nature hardwired him to dwell in, and instead, Dr. Carroll becoming a weak, effeminate, shriveled-up little quail. And that's from the Doug Giles 2016 Dictionary of Grow the Hell Up, You Little Daisy. Now, have you gotten... God. Do you, uh, I assume your address isn't in the phone book. <laughs> Have you gotten hate mail or threats or how bad? Oh, yeah, that? no, it's, it's, uh, this is my, this is my first rodeo. Um, I've been in the public life for, you know, 20 plus years. Uh, my wow. daughter famously brought down Acorn with her undercover videos and James O'Keefe, so. Uh, we've we've been eviscerated by the media, death threats, uh, multi-million dollar lawsuits. Um, huh. My my whole my whole thing is that if you first of all, I do this uh, uh, with a wink in my eye, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> but uh, there's still definitely those who who take my rhetoric seriously. But to them, if they get ticked off, then listen. I'm glad I made you think. I'm glad you're angry. You should be angry. If you're in your 20s and you're not paying for most, if not all, your stuff and you haven't been wounded at war or you have some debilitating disease uh, or um, some kind of uh, special setback, then you should be ashamed of yourself. And uh, I'll tell that to 20-somethings all day long. Matter of fact, Dr. Carroll, you and I should uh, rent a plane, pull our resources, rent a plane, fly it over California, drop my books, fly it over D.C., drop my books, and any time there's a gathering of young people, we should read my book aloud to them everywhere we go. Sounds like a good plan. It's that I know. important. I mean, obviously, you know? um, obviously, there because because like what you were talking about with your wife and, and as a teacher, 
Um, the problem is that parents, now I, I, I do want to say one thing. I'm, I'm very much not against spanking or any kind of physical punishment. But um, that being said, parents these days are letting their kids get away with murder. They are um, causing them to uh, feel entitled and so on, like I was saying before. Um, and, and so when they come to, or of course, then there's the other side where um, a lot of kids are deprived and they don't have helicopter parents and, it, you know, they'd be better if they did. Um, I mean, they have parents who aren't there at all, but, or who are using drugs or, you know, doing all kinds of horrible things. So, so there's both kinds of people, but, um, but that does make the, when they come to school, um, they are so lacking in uh, responsibility and in respect and in knowing how to act and how uh, they're just, they're, they're little animals. And, um, and it is hard, of course, for teachers to teach and, and to, <laughs> they have hardly any time to teach where they're more just getting everybody to sit down and be quiet. And it's really awful. And even this thing of, of breakfast at school, I mean, they never had breakfast in school when I went to school, and that's because your mommy and daddy were expected to give you breakfast. Yeah, and so uh, so they're raised by, you know, I'm not saying that this about all teachers, but they're raised by a bunch of underpaid uh, teachers who, who don't give a rat's backside about the kids, you know, a lot of well, uh, some, some of them, but there really are a lot of teachers like your wife who who are well known. Yeah, I mean, and uh, again, you know, I'm I'm not speaking from in- ignorance. Uh, a lot of them saw it as a paycheck that they knew that they couldn't change the system, that they were in there just to. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that all of them, but uh, there's a lot of them, and uh, they didn't give two hoots about the kids because well, some of them again, they were, get getting, they were getting so much abuse in the classroom. Yes, I mean it's. It's uh, it's like a miniature prison. The only thing that I see those schools prepping kids for is uh, life in the big house <laughs> once they exit. Well, and it's I a think... sad, sad day. That's why school choice and homeschooling and, and great private schools are, are the way of the future. Well, I mean, I think um, most teachers come into teaching, decide to be teachers with well-meaning thoughts and... and um, uh, wanting to do something good and all that, and then they get demoralized after some years when they see that their way, right. of, their attempts right, to try to make things better are, aren't working, and in fact they're getting punished for it. Yeah, the bloom comes off the rose real quick, and yeah. uh, next thing you know they're addicted to cigarettes and <laughs> hanging outside in the break room watching mm-hmm. the clock till it strikes three. But uh, it, uh, from, a, from a broader context, as far as, uh, you know, these kids that are out of control and, and they're irresponsible, because to me, if, um, if you want to take your young son who's wearing the deep V-neck T-shirts and the skinny jeans and the, the hair bun and, and he's living in mommy's basement and morph him into a man, the thing that the parents got to do, and again, it's primarily the parents' job, is that they've got to, uh, and this is, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say a dirty word on your, uh, on your radio mm-hmm. show, Dr. Carroll. You mean a dirtier they've word? They've got to teach them, <laughs> they got to teach them responsibility. Uh-huh. I know that's a bad word nowadays. Yes. But if you look well, at, let's, let's you look at it, let, we, we need to take a break, so let's stop there and then we'll come right back to that. Um, right. We're, you've been listening you are listening. You're going to stay tuned <laughs> to Dr. Carol's Couch, where I am talking with Doug Giles, who is the author 
have a new book called Pussification, The Effeminization of the American Male. And we'll be right back, so stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host here with Doug Giles, the author of Pussification, The Effeminization of the American Male. And before the break, he said a dirty word, responsibility. (laughs) So tell us about... um, how, what your, your theory, your, how you see that the American male has become pussified? Well, there's four signs, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that uh, from time immemorial, from antiquity, that to me uh, characterizes masculinity. Has nothing to do with can you bench press your body weight? Has nothing to do, do you look like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock? has nothing to do with whether you have more body hair than Michelle Obama, has everything to do with these constituent characteristics that have made up masculinity, and it's in these four, these four different uh, uh, traits. A man is a provider, he's a protector, he's a hunter, and he's a hero. Hmm. And if, if your son <laughs> is... is uh, neither of those four, or maybe one out of four, or two out of four, I would say that uh, he's probably been uh, pussified. And this pussification process, again, this is as far as I'm concerned, is uh, it's part and parcel of the parent's fault. Uh, it's exacerbated by public education, uh, exposure to um, the culture, speaking predominantly Hollywood and television, the Internet, and uh, it's also supplemented, the pussification, by effeminate branches of evangelicalism and Catholicism. Those three, uh, those three entities make a wicked combination along with dilatory parents that serve up a cocktail of pussification that's been a curse to our nation. 
okay, what are parents doing that are contributing to this? Why is, a, why is a kid in their 20s, again, if he doesn't have a, a debilitating disease or he hasn't had his leg blown off in Iraq or Afghanistan, why is he in your house? Uh-huh. Why is he there? You should, I, uh, I'm 54 years old. When, when I was 17, I knew I'm gone at 18. I knew, I knew it's time for me to fly. I was, I was uh, listening to REO Speedwagon, uh, dreaming of, leave, of leaving the home, dreaming of going out and you know chasing my dragon or my holy grail or rescuing my damsel in, in distress. I don't get parents who want their kids to be forever at home with mommy. I think there's some kind of sickness in the mom or dad that has to have their babies around them at all times. That's disgusting. Uh, 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 it doesn't happen in the wild. You look at wildebeest in, um, in the Serengeti. They give their kid 15 minutes to get up and get moving, or they leave it. Huh. Now, obviously, we're not going to give our kids 15 minutes once we give birth to them, but the same thing goes with uh, eagles. I watched a golden eagle, Dr. Carroll, one time uh, teach the eaglets to try, and she removed the stuffing from the nest, let, let these big mesquite thorns poke her little chicklets in the butt, mm-hmm. and then if they wouldn't leave the nest voluntarily, she threw them out. And it's not mean, and it's not, you know, uh, she's being a, a, a witch or anything. She was helping them to move on in life. And uh, like you said about the helicopter parents and all these other uh, enablers, you're doing our country and your kid no favor by keeping him in the warm, wet womb of Woosville, you know, in your basement or, or down the hall from you. Go get healed, get some girlfriends instead, get a bottle of wine, uh, do something else, but don't, don't ruin your kid by not making him responsible for his own damn life. Uh-huh. Yes, I agree so with that's, that. That's one, that's, one, <laughs> that's one big thing, making him, making him a provider. Man, my, dad, my dad used to take us through neighborhoods of, uh, of you know, some really beautiful homes where I grew up, and he used to tell us, if you work your butt off, you can have one of those. Mm. And I'm sitting on the hilltop in central Texas on several acres, in a 5,000-square-foot house, and nobody gave it to me. We worked our butt off for it. Uh-huh. Yes, that, that whole concept seems to be missing from a lot of, a lot of students, a lot of people growing up um, today, that because everything was handed to them, and then it's a big shock when they realize you know, how, how much work you have to do to get one of these things. You know, you said, uh, you know, when people are ragging on uh, Trump, they're like, oh, his dad gave him a million dollars, or Ivanka, or, or Donald Jr., or Eric. It's like, you know what? It, it used to be a good thing to give an inheritance to your kid, to work your, to work your tail off, you know, give them, uh, give them a little scratch, and see what they do with it. Nowadays, if you're rich, you're disparaged. And, mm-hmm. uh, again, I don't get that. Uh, it's not the way that I was raised, and I started working with my brother on his paper route when I was nine years old. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's how that's how parents are killing the kids. Also, um, another sign that uh, they have a, a pussified male in their house is that if that kid doesn't know how to protect himself or protect others, uh, back in the caveman days, if uh, somebody attacked you, you were the first responder, you were EMS, you were the police department. Uh, if somebody came after your hot cave wife or your snaggletooth cave brood, you you went and picked up a, a pterodactyl bone and beat the shiitake mushrooms <laughs> out of them. 
And that's what men did back then, or you didn't get to breed. Uh-huh. Nowadays, my, both of my daughters are, are the first two women in the world to be Gracie Jiu-Jitsu black belts. Most of them can kick uh, any guy's ass, big or small, that, that tries to, uh, uh, tries to uh, accost them. And I wanted to make sure as a dad, I knew I wasn't God, even though I like to think I was, but I wasn't omnipresent. And so should I not be in their presence when somebody tried to attack them, Mm-hmm. That they could uh, they could they could uh, take him out himself, and if they couldn't do it with their hands and feet and their tactics that they learned for 15 years training with the Gracies and the Valenti brothers, then they could pull this thing out called a handgun and double tap the center mass of that jackass and send him on down to Dante's Easy Bake. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> um, did they, I, I? How old are your daughters? Uh, my oldest is 27, and my youngest is 25. And do they um, do they have a hard time dating? I mean, like, do, are men intimidated by them? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, my oldest is, is married, and we're on our second uh, grandchild coming oh. uh, about 30, 40 days from now. Uh-huh. And my youngest uh, is not married yet, but they should threaten uh, the suitors. They should, they should, uh, I mean, they're, they're very feminine. If you looked at them, you'd think these girls are not killers, uh, but they know how to fight with some, of, they fight with some of the best fighters and warriors in the world, no kidding. Royce mm-hmm. Gracie, uh, Pedro and Guy Valenti and their brother Joaquin, these are some of the, the, the baddest dudes on the planet, and they've got black belts under, under their uh, tutelage, mm-hmm. and uh, all of them carry guns, and, um, but, you know, they're not... They're not butch, belching, beer drinking, you know, mullet mm-hmm. sporting girls. They're very, they're very feminine. Uh-huh. But oh my God, man, you go sideways on them. Got to help you. Now, how do you think the feminist movement has contributed to pacification? Uh, uh, the feminist movement, as it uh, originally spawned in the United States, I don't think, um, in you might disagree with me, but I don't think it was as uh, anti-man as it's morphed into in, in liberal lunacy. I think they wanted equal rights and equal protection under the law, and, and, I, and I believe uh, that they've achieved that. But, you know, this fourth-generation type feminist movement, I think it's uh, based in misandry or man-hatred to the disparagement, especially if you're a white man and if you're a white conservative Christian and or Jewish man, you're really the devil uh, to these uh, lunatic feminists, uh, these radicals like Rosie O'Donnell and, and uh, her ilk. So I think, uh, I think they have contributed to the pussification in that they try to uh, drum out of men, either by shame or by drugs like they do in the public school system, their testosterone. And uh, that testosterone is uh, what keeps us safe and protected as a nation. A lot of people uh, have abused, uh, y- you know, their, their masculinity, and, and I'm not a proponent of that, obviously. But listen, when, when that testosterone leaves the male collective, and we've got a bunch of squishy man-boob-type guys in our nation, then it's just a matter of time before internal and external enemies uh, come take our nation over. Yes, you know... Um, I, that's what I've been thinking about, actually, with the protests, that, uh, I mean, there isn't a draft anymore, at least for it now, but if there were, 
or if we had to depend upon um, these these students, these protesters, um, to we'd be yes, we would be screwed. I mean, fortunately, military now doesn't just depend upon boots on the ground, but if it depended upon boots more, and if these were the boots, if these were the people in the boots, we would be screwed. I mean, you know, they'd run home to mommy as soon as they uh, they got to the desert and it was hot. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, you're absolutely correct. And even though we do have, you know, incredible uh, weapons that are technology-driven and stuff, every war goes to boots on the ground, you yes. know, eventually. Yeah, yeah. Like every fight goes to the ground. Uh, every war also goes to boots on the ground. Um, and Islam, the only, the only, in all of my research and, and writing the book, Pussification, uh, the only two entities that I deduced that really loves the emasculation of the American male uh, came down to big government goons, because guys who've been pussified are very easy to control. Yes. Uh, they, they, they flow well with entitlements and being taken care of from the cradle to the grave. And, uh, and the, other, the other entity that really loves the, the soft-focused uh, effeminization of the American male is this group, I don't know if you've heard of them, it's called Radical Islam. <laughs> they love it. They absolutely yeah. love it. Because yeah. I tell you what, they're not, they're not doing these attacks in Texas. If you look, they're doing it at gay nightclubs. They're doing mm-hmm. it in places that are gun-free zones. They tried that crap on Pamela Geller uh, trying to do an attack when she held that Muhammad cartoon event in Garland, Texas. Mm-hmm. And they drove up and they got about to the driveway where two Garland off-duty police officers shot and killed both of the Muslims. <laughs> uh-huh, yes, I remember. <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, women, women don't, real women, Dr. Carroll, and I know you're one, and, and uh, you might disagree with me, but I haven't met a woman yet, and I do speaking engagements all over this planet and have for the last three decades. I haven't met a real woman that says, you know what, when I get married, I want to find me a pussy. I want to find me a pussified male to marry. I haven't met that no, woman yet. No, no, no. You're talking to the woman who wrote Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them. So, no, <laughs> women really aren't looking for that. But at the same time, a lot of women are turning men into that because they're afraid of being abandoned. You know, they're afraid that if men were men, uh, she wouldn't be woman enough. Well, I want to, we're kind of coming to the end, unfortunately. I could talk to you all day. We're coming to the end of the show, and I want to make sure that you give out um, where people should, um, of course, they can buy your book, Pussification, The Effeminization of the American Male on Amazon, but also you would like them to go to ClashDaily.com? Yeah, ClashDaily.com is my main stomping grounds, and as you said, uh, Amazon, Pussification, the Feminization of the American Male. I'm glad to report, Dr. Carroll, number one on Amazon, and get this, in gender studies. Oh, wow. Um, how can people, there's a, a whole, I looked at it, and I have the link, but how, what's the easiest way for people to find your music video? It is amazing. Folks, you have got to click on this, because... I mean, either it's going to really piss you off more or you're going to laugh um, uncontrollably through it. It's a great video. So what's the easiest way for people to find it? Yeah, it's on Clash Daily, but the title for uh, guys just to Google it is Mamas Don't Let Your Cowboys Grow Up to Be Pussies. Ah, okay. Mamas Don't Let Your... 
Don't let your mamas don't let your cowboys grow up to be pussies. You got to look at this, folks. <laughs> it is really, really good. Well, Doug, thank you so much. Um, I, this is really important stuff, good stuff, stuff that uh, people are afraid to say because you know because we're living in a uh, politically correct society. So I'm glad you shared. Um, this hour of being not politically correct with me. <laughs> and thank you all no, thank for listening. You. You've been listening. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, and I thank you for listening, and thank you for being uh, listeners. I, you know, it's Thanksgiving. We're coming up to Thanksgiving, so, um, so I'm going to be exp- expressing my gratitude for you, for all of my listeners, and uh, keep, keep tuning in. I'll be on again. Same time, same place next Tuesday. And um, you've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 